You are now tuning in to the Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. Northern Superior Brewing Company always brings forward top shelf product and customer satisfaction. Located on 50 Pym Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Northern Superior is available for local delivery or provide a friendly yet exciting atmosphere inside its tap room. Follow Northern Superior on Instagram or Facebook. You can also check out their website at northernsuperior.org. At Northern, we're superior. It's a Northern thing. Now how about some hockey chat? Let's get to the crew inside the Gem Studios, bringing you Gem and the Game Sports Show Hockey Edition, Top Shelf. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show, Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. It is your host, David McKaig bringing you the show inside the game entertainment and media studios of course powered by the game entertainment and media and going back to Northern superior brewing company i must say right off the hop here as i sit here enjoying a nice 17th north pale ale delicious beer from Northern superior brewing company make sure you check out Northern superior on their website northernsuperior.org or of course on facebook and instagram uh, they also do local free delivery if you're within of course sault ste marie and also if you're from out of town and you're coming into sault ste marie or just want to search some in general make sure you look them up on social media or if you're inside an lcbo store you may be lucky enough to come across the beer cans that they have available for you to purchase either way you got to make sure that you check out northern superior brand company where they're superior and it's a northern thing now you know who i am i mentioned it right off the hop david mckay jr i'm going to bring in my co-host here on the top shelf edition going first to alex parr whom is not with me inside studio. He is uh, quite a distance away out of town, so making him come in and travel as much. I'd love to see his beautiful face. You know, I don't want him to waste the gas. He's still able to take the time to come on for this recording. Alex, thanks for taking the time, my friend. Of course, Dave. Lots lots to get to today, so let's get to her. Let's definitely do her. We're in the second individual, who is uh, one of the original OGs, and he is also someone that you feature on our In the Pocket segment as well, which you can check him out on previous editions on thegamesportshow.com. Justin Heichel. Justin, how are you, my friend? Not bad. Uh, dealing with time change still. Kind of oh. kind of messed up. But, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll live through it. I'll, that caused uh, me to go to bed at 4 a.m. yesterday. Okay. <laughs> I don't blame that on the time change. I blame that on the time change and Chow 21. Okay, that that 100% that is why. Going to our next guest, who is definitely a voice you've heard on our one of our special edition uploads. Though he was involved in the interview with Darren McCarty, which again, our special edition uploads you can again check on our website, which is presented by Little Caesars Pizza. Uh, fantastic episode it was that Dane was a part of here. And as I just spoiled his name, Dane Hantro, my friend, how are you? <clears throat> Life is good, Dave. Still, uh, still buzzing after watching that uh, Snyder Cut trailer that I sent you and Justin. Uh, <laughs> got, got, got your popcorn ready for that one. Are and we gonna watch it here or what? We're gonna watch it here, I, you think? I think we should. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, get the gang together. It's a four-hour after. Got a couple zaws, some wings, a couple bags of chips, some Northern Superior pints. Couple, that counts couple, the couple business. Wings. We're gonna need like nine pizzas. Nine pizzas. <laughs> We can get all of our sponsors. Half between the movie, it's so long, but apparently it's very good. So, I was very psyched to see the Jarrett Leto part for that point millisecond, whatever amount of time that was at the beginning. There, it's, it's a, I, I'm excited to see what they do with him a bit more. As you know, everyone knows I am a Joker fan. However, no one will ever be Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix now in my eyes. But fellas, I got a weird thing I want to bring up first, and this is something that I've actually asked people randomly i think i might have asked alex this and i think if if i did alex i apologize but can't recall everything that we do but when you guys get up in the morning okay when you put on your boxers if you're a new if you sleep nude <laughs> or or if you put if you get up in the morning you got your pjs or if you got just your boxers and you're putting your pjs on or your work or your pants to go to work what is the first leg that you put in to that boxers or pants or PJs? What is, how do you first get dressed in the morning? Is it your right leg or is it your left leg that goes in first? And I'm actually going to go to Alex first. Okay. I, I just tried to like stand up and like pretend I was doing it. I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I, I think I'd stand on my right leg and put my left leg in first. 
I, th- I think, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Stand on the right, <laughs> put the left in. Definitely not a sport topic, but we're having fun with it. Dane, how about you, man? Do you? I lived with you, but I never watched you get changed. <laughs> we both know that's not true. Um, anyway, uh, I, I definitely would put my right leg in first and bounce on my left, even though that my right leg is my dominant leg. But also another method of putting pants on, sometimes I just uh, put my bum on my bed, sit on the edge, and uh, both legs go in at once. Oh, the both legs. The execution's yeah, key. Okay, okay. Yeah, so you got to get her done quick, you know. I don't have a lot of time in the morning. I'm not an <laughs> early riser, so, you know, if I can get two two feet in at once, it saves me some some time, I suppose. You save that time there. It adds up in your whole lifetime. You know, that, millis, that, that second that you're saving could be hundreds of seconds in a life, which could be vital in some situations. If I, if I would have started doing, doing that, you know, for, from the very start, I could, you know, really justify sitting down and watching the four hour Snyderverse or Snyder, <laughs> Snyder cut movie. <laughs> I could, I could, I would have been able to bank some time and, you know, spend literally my whole day watching one movie. See, it would have made sense. Then you fit all the time with your pants on. Justin, how about you, my friend? I have a guess that you're a left legged man. Uh, to be honest, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like I, uh, I agree with Alex. I kind of did the same thing. I'm trying to figure it out here, but as far as doing it right now, are you standing up trying to do it right now? Yeah, looks like like we're all gonna have to take off our pants. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, but like I, I'm not awake until I like hit second line in the morning in my truck. To be honest, so dart right, you're dart halfway through to work. Oh no, 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 no darts anymore. Oh, oh God. Okay, okay. Didn't know that. COVID, it's okay. I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that. Good to know. I know Dane's on the same boat. I don't don't think think Justin smoked since since I've known him. That's since like the Boston pizza days. Oh my God, I'm very. Oh yeah, okay, okay. We yeah, yeah, yeah. We we did hack darts back then. All right, all right. It's, wow, it's I'm outdated though. Wow, I thought you've been small. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry, uh, Justin. The, I'm proud the pierogi, the pierogi pizza went away, and the, just lifestyle changes. <laughs> those former episodes, you will be very hard to find. I actually don't think you can find those former episodes unless you really scroll down on Podbean. But we certainly had some fun in a previous sponsor with Boss Pizza, which then turned into our current sponsor, Nerd Superior Brewing Company. Fun fact. And I know that first topic wasn't sport related fellas but i felt like that'd be a good thing to bring up because something that was on my mind because now when i first brought it up this morning i am a right-legged guy i don't sit on the bum of the bed unless i'm extremely exhausted or hung over if i'm really hung over and i'm having a real hard time I, I i do have to use dane's method uh but i don't put both legs and i still only do one leg and even then it's a chore uh and then i really hate my life for the first little bit if it's the hungover term but really i realized this morning because i really examine it now it is the right leg and you know what's Radically on some shows and bring up some fun topics like that just to start it all off just to just because it's fun and maybe if listeners below want to comment how they put their pants on in the morning if it's a man or a woman hey go ahead do it all right if you want to just comment how you put your dog's jacket on because they knows i got a little dog at home and i definitely put a coat on him and it's always his right paw first fun fact he doesn't let me do really his left paw because he's an absolute diva and dane can second that absolutely uh so nonetheless Let's jump into our top shelf edition. That's going to talk about hockey. And in this show, we are going to go a topic each around the table, myself, Alex, Justin, Dane. And then at the conclusion of the show, I will bring up the hashtag gem local real recap and update that will segue us nicely into Monday's edition with Scott on ESPN 14. Hundred and of course myself being included in that show, E.J. Russell and Butch Davis. Uh, that is on ESPN 1400 AM radio at 6 p.m. So segue us nicely when we get that roundup. We got a nice little shout out there for the Lakers who have been doing really impressive this season. But firstly, I'm gonna go and go first on the first topic, and I'm gonna give Dane the option here first, and we're kind of gonna go back and forth here as best we can. We have four members here, and of course, since I'm the only one in studio, I must remind listeners that we will be doing. Video Video content very soon and a lot of nice enhanced additions within our segments. Very excited for that. But I'm going to go with something that was brought up actually today. The day of this recording is on March the 14th. It is just after 6 p.m. It is Sunday. And something that I read that was very interesting today was about Eric Carlson. And the reason why I want to bring out Eric Carlson was because it kind of goes into what I wanted to bring about Patrick Marlowe at the same time. I had a vision this year that Patrick Marlowe would be dealt to a Canadian team. And that Canadian team is Toronto. A return to Toronto for a late round pick or maybe someone like 
Kenny Agostino, who is not getting the lineup or something like that uh, for for a chance to go for the Stanley Cup this year with a Canadian team and with his friend Joe Thornton. Now, when you look at San Jose, all right, this is a team that has Eric Carlson, has Brett Burns, has some pieces in there. But now Eric Carlson said, quote, unquote, he did not sign here for a rebuild. Okay, then, of course, he referred to his time in Ottawa, etc. So, Dane, I'm going to go to you first. Talking about San Jose as a whole, what that team is as a team kind of overall, Eric Carlson's comments, the floor is yours for San Jose. We're going to we're gonna give the, the Sharks some love here today. Or hate. Oh, I don't, I don't have much love to give them, honestly. <laughs> I mean, they got, I think, almost $30 million tied up in three defensemen with Vlasic, Burns, and Carlson. All are over the age of 30. Um, two of them are over the age of 33. I mean, Brett Burns slowing down. Vlasic is definitely not the same defenseman, you know, he was, you know, when he was playing on the Olympic team of Canada. Um, so, I, I mean, they've kind of, uh, you know, locked themselves up in a, in a situation where I don't know if they're going to be able to really move those uh, those contracts and Obviously, with the flat cap now coming in, it's like, I mean, every team's going to be kind of going through cap issues, you know, in the next couple of years. And especially next year, trying to make contracts fit and re-signing guys. So, I mean, the way I look at San Jose, I mean, they, they traded away a, a third overall pick that ended up turning into Tim Stitzel for Ottawa. So, I mean, right now, the Suns are laughing with that trade. But oh, I, I, I don't, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird situation, right? Like they don't have a whole lot of prospects right now. Like they don't have a whole lot of trade pieces. So it's like, do you, you know, just full out go do a rebuild or do you try to add some pieces? Because I mean, Eric Carlson, I, 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 you got to imagine can still be, you know, a really, really good, good, effective defenseman in the NHL. I think he's just, you know, his passion might not be there just, you know, with the losing that's coming in San Jose right now. So I think, uh, you know, their GM didn't really expect the decline of the team to happen so quick. You know, Pavelski leaving, you you know, you lose that leadership. So if if I'm San Jose, I would blow it up. But at the same time, I, I don't really know enough about, you know, what they have for prospects and, you know, what they can really do with, with moves to, you know, improve their team. I mean, you could obviously move, you know, a Vander Kane, I don't know, maybe Timo Meyer, Hurdle. You have those guys there still. Obviously, you want to keep Logan Couture. He's your captain. So, I mean, and, and like their bottom six is brutal. They're not scoring a whole lot of goals. Devin Dubnik's, you know, obviously not the same goalie. You know, he was in Minnesota. He's getting up there. So, I, I expect San Jose to be in the bottom of uh, the Western Conference for the foreseeable future. Um, honestly, I think they're uh, they're they're pretty uh, shit out of luck right now. Alex, I'll go to you next. Yeah, I mean, just too much money tied up in guys that are too old. Eric Carlson getting paid eleven and a half until he's thirty-seven. Brent Burns oh. getting paid eight million until he's forty-one. Oh. Vlasic getting paid seven million until he's thirty-nine. Oh. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't Jones, know. he's about 5.7 for Martin Jones, and he's he's not a starter. I don't uh, want to I mean, say the, 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 the rude words that he sucks, because that's not true. He's in the National, well, National Hockey He does League. suck, and I don't think he's not going to suck for the next four years that he's got to play out this contract. So, yeah, I think it's just tied up nicely with what, with what Dane said. Too much money, too too many guys on those big contracts. Definitely. Well, Justin, in that term, like I forgot that out just like the term on the contracts like all these guys are like their contracts don't add until they're like 40 basically so <laughs> nobody wants those kind of contracts right so i i think you're going to start seeing the nhl and gms learning lessons from signing you know guys that you know aren't connor mcdavid's or austin matthews to long-term deals you know in their late late 20s or you know early 30s and you know making seven million dollars you know in their late 30s because i think we've seen time and time again this is really really screwed over some teams justin i'll go to you and before i even slide i'll give you a fun little fact and this is as per cap friendly and i'm sure some of us are looking at this at the same time their forward cap hit at this current time is 39.2 million dollars their defensive cap is 31.171 uh yeah well 31 million dollars let's just keep it very simple without getting all these numbers in there and if you think about comparing that that is just about 
just under $8 million in difference between forward and defense. And you have seven defense on their active roster, and you have 14 active forwards. Okay, so that shows the percentage of difference that they're spending on defense. And as Dane said, Carlson, Burns, and, uh, of course, Velasic are getting just over 25 between them. So that's a lot of money. Then after that, it just drops right off. And in goal, they're spending $7.9 million on Jones and Dubnik just not right and Jones is locked up until 2020 or 2024 sorry 25 season Justin yeah I mean I think everyone's kind of nailed it on the head they've they've Chicago Blackhawks themselves without ever really winning winning a cup or doing anything um they just they have all these old defensemen um you know like Vlasic statistically pretty solid is he worth what he's getting paid in today's NHL? No. Nope. Brent Burns, you know, I, we're all we're all in agreement here. Everyone's making way too much money. Carlson's probably the best, best of the worst there. Um, on another team, he'd be awesome, and, and I think that's the case of probably a lot of those guys. But just where they are right now, they're they're all complementary players. None of them are like a, hey, you can build a franchise around us kind of guys, and they're all getting paid like they're franchise players. Uh, everyone's kind of just enjoying the sun too much in California and not, uh, you know, the the winning ways have gone aside. I mean, the Sharks just aren't going to win 100 games anymore and lose in the first round. They're not even going to make it to the first round anymore. No, and that's a lot of money that you're spending on Logan Tour too. But one fun thing that I wanted to say was Evander Kane. And I think you'll have even something to say with that. Maybe Parr, Justin, Dame, whoever wants to chime in on that, chime in on that. But he, there's a point where now he might – have his contract reconstructed or just to and all that nonsense that's going on. I'm not going to say that I know the full details of it. Of course I read it, but nothing has happened yet. He's still making the same amount of money. He's still, uh, he's still being Evander Kane, but there's a guy who has four years total still after the end of this year, he has still time making $7 million. Like that, that there's, that is absolutely insane. I think the best bargain for their price, and you guys may uh, disagree, but I think it's Tomas Hurdle. I think Hurdle has a couple years here at $5.6 million, uh, but there, he's, he's only 27 years old. Uh, there, there's a guy that is a decent age, but when his contract's done, he's going to be in due for a raise, maybe, but because the, the cap's being flatlined, maybe he isn't. But Evander Kane's situation, before we go to Alex's topic, you know, anyone want to chime in on that because of what's going on with his dad's outside of hockey? I'll let Dane, I'll let you chime in. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a, a pretty crappy situation for Evander Kane. I'm not sure the complete details, but if they void his contract because he already has money, like, He's basically put himself in debt and his money is tied up in assets and money that he hasn't technically made yet. Just what his contract, you know, would end up coming out to. So if they void his contract, then he can declare bankruptcy or something like that and doesn't actually have to pay back these people that he owes money to or whatever. Something like that. I mean, you can read it online and really get the details, but. So it's not like it, 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 it seems like the San Jose Sharks are more or less actually trying to help out Evander Kane and his debt situation. Um, I'm not sure the le- like legality of, of if they are, can even do that if he owes people money. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll kind of stay, stay tuned for that. Um, obviously, it's you know a, a bad situation all around for a team and just kind of another thing just to you know. Just a drag down kind of thing. So yeah, they're they're a bit of a dumpster fire right now. I have a really good friend that I work with that's a diehard San Jose Sharks, and I think he realizes that it's going to be the dark ages for them uh, for the foreseeable future. Kane filed for bankruptcy in January, claiming more than twenty six point eight million in debt. Oh my God! Our your topic, my friend. There was a a tale of. The boy I once was back in 2011, 2012, collecting hockey cards. And who was the hot Leafs rookie at the time to collect? Well, he's just been placed on waivers by his new team, Jake Gardner. My favorite what? player. <laughs> he was, at the time, he was like the best 
rookie to collect that year. So I'm just like, yeah, all all engines go Jake Gardner. If I showed you how many fucking Jake Gardner rookie cards I have, you guys would be like, what are you doing? Do you want to start a fire? Because now, not only did he get run out of Toronto, he can't even stay on the team in Carolina. While he did get assigned to the taxi squad while he's uh, battling an injury, I digress. He's still, uh, I can't believe it, man. I can't believe he, he screwed me. He screwed me. <laughs> no making money off those rookie cards, Bar. I don't think you're going to make anything off those. The thing is, is like the market's boomed. Like sports cards are ridiculously priced compared to when I collected them just because the pandemic has thrusted people into discovering new hobbies. But you think a Jay Gardner card has went up in price at all? Absolutely not. It has only went the exact opposite way. What an investment I made. Justin, now you know what? I, I'm going to let Par when he kind of concludes. I'm going to go to you right now, Cake. And the reason why I'm going to go to you is because you and I have sat in – oh, let's go back in time a little bit here. We first did hockey shows at Sports Center, Then we transitioned the hockey shows to Boston Pizza. And then we transitioned now, of course, to our lovely partners with North Superior Brewing Company for the last over three-plus years now. And it's, of course, going strong with that. So we've been together – talking about this on the show you and i have talked about this while we worked together in the marketing department at the casino here locally okay which is how you i got connected with bringing you on the show and now i always said jake gardner let's say how it is i did not like jake gardner i got a friend who's best friends with jake gardner and i've asked this friend to try to get jake gardner on the show and he didn't answer me i don't know if it's because jake Listen to a show and saw how much I hate it or just because he didn't answer. I'm going to go with probably just didn't answer me because I haven't talked to him in a while. But nonetheless of that, Jake Gardner was someone I wasn't always a fan of, of be, with being in Toronto. There's a guy who had 52 points in 17-18 season, okay, and he was actually a plus nine. It wasn't horrible. Joe Bowen, actually, if I remember correctly, because you laughed about this, Justin, he roasted me one time on one of the interviews I had with Joe Bowen because of how I called out Jake Gardner for his poor defensive play. But he brought the plus minus. Now – the one thing that I'll say about the plus minus in hockey, there is a stat, and Park and second this as well. We have a recent uh, – we're going to have an upload story with a special edition. I'm not going to say who it is, but we just talked to a – who's still playing professional hockey over in Europe, and he was a former NHLer for the Boston Bruins. And he mentioned how the plus minus is one of those stats that are irrelevant in hockey, but – they're, but they're not going to go anywhere. Okay, I was never a fan of plus minus because mostly I was on the minus end myself as a hockey player, more or less in the positive end. Even if I scored 80 goals, I was probably on for 85 <laughs> of them. So nonetheless, that plus minus, that's kind of, that was my argument with Joe Boyd. Now, wrapping up my whole point, Justin, I always said how Jake Gardner was in the best spot in Toronto because of where he was played with the coaches that he had, of course, with Wilson, Carlisle, and uh, etc. I think... This shows how Jake isn't as good as people thought he was when he was in Toronto. He had 24 points in 68 games with Carolina in 2019-20, and he was a minus 24, if you want to bring that out. This year, he has seven assists in 17 games. Carolina's defense is absolutely great. I love their defensive core that they have. Okay, but this shows that Jake Gardner is needs a change of scenery, quote-unquote, or is this show that maybe Dave was a little bit right and how he needs to be used in a certain situation. I mean, <clears throat> I think the Leafs statistically knew how to use Jake Gardner. They knew his strengths. They knew his weaknesses. They knew what he could do best. And they knew what situations to put him in to succeed. And obviously now, which situations not to put him in, uh, especially in the playoffs. <laughs> but I, I, I think at this <laughs> like I think at this point in his career, much like a la the Tampa Bay Lightning last year, who had 45 defensemen just rotating in and out at any given time. Jake Gardner is probably solid for one of those spots. He's a solid taxi squad guy. Like you can't, I don't know. I don't. I don't think you can dispute that. I mean, if the, I'm, I'm not saying that the Leafs should bring him back by any means. Hell no. Um, but I think he's a solid addition to some teams. Like I. If Chicago was making a push, I think he'd be a solid taxi squad guy for Chicago. You know, there's there's certain places he fits in. Uh, and also, I'm not going to say that you're right, because I think he was good in Toronto. I just don't think he was good anywhere else. 
And uh, the only sample size we really have is Carolina. Yeah. I don't know how much he played in Anaheim before. Nope, didn't play any. He came out, I think, his first one, which was in Toronto. So... Dane, how about you? You you might be the advocate on the side of this where you'd be able to jump in and kind of be uh, – before we go to par for the conclusion of the point, uh, because I always just put a big blurb in what I thought about Jake Gardner is that he is on waivers, and I just don't think he's in a good situation in Carolina, about my point. But going to you, you can give your thoughts about the one only Jake Gardner. Uh, I, I completely disagree with that. He's not in a right fit in Carolina. This is nothing but uh, to, to make their salary cap more flexible. We've seen it time and time again. James Neal, you know, throwing on waivers. Nobody can claim him. The uncertainty of, you know, the, the cap and, well, I guess the certainty of the four-year flat cap. Um, you, you just can't pick up a guy off waivers that's making the money Jake Gardner's making. Carolina is having an excellent season, and I'm not saying Jake Gardner is, you know, spearheading the offense from the blue line this year, but he's plus two this year. He has seven assists in 17 games. You know, it's not lights out, but I'm telling you right now, this is just nothing but, you know, getting flexibility on the salary cap, which a bunch of teams have been doing this year so they can, you know, put people on the taxi squad, you know, whenever they want without you know, having to go through, you know, crunching the numbers and seeing what kind of makes sense for them. So um, I, I don't think, you know, Caroline is exactly like trying to push him out or anything like that. I think, like you said, he has an injury right now. And it's just they know they basically know ahead of time that nobody's going to claim him. So they're not worried about putting that contract on there because right now nobody can afford that contract. So it's as uh, simple as that. That being said, I mean, I don't watch a shitload of Carolina games. I don't know the exact situation, but that's pretty much my guess. And I mean, statistically, it doesn't look like he's having a horrendous season by any means. And I mean, Carolina's, you know, right up there in the top of the standings right now. They're playing really good hockey and they're 100% a contender. And I mean, going down when they're, when they're in the playoffs and injuries start mounting, I think a guy like Jake Gardner, you know, and having a little bit depth on the, on the blue line is something you definitely want going on a long playoff run, which I think, Carolina has the team to do this year. So that's what I'll say about that. Minimum no trade clause as well, Parr. Going back to you to conclude your topic, Jake Gardner has to submit a seven-team no trade list as well. And there's a guy that if he is going to get dealt, but I think Dane has a good point. Carolina does have an influx of defensemen, uh, and they have one big name who's slated to be UFA this offseason. That is Dougie Hamilton. But it uh, depends on what he would get for a raise and what Carolina can do. Jake Gardner seems like he might not be leaving Carolina anytime soon, Par. No, just like Dan said, exactly that. It's more of a money move than anything. Nobody can claim him because of all the uncertainty that is uh, with the with the pandemic in the world. So it's not really that hard of a move for them to make when you're rostering a guy that's injured, making a decent amount of money, and you know that's just tying up against the cap. So put him somewhere where you're kind of playing the system. Nobody can claim him, and you don't have to pay that cap t- uh, when it comes to your uh, your salary, so you can call up somebody else. You can make some moves. You you got something to do, but uh, yeah, no, Gardner ain't going nowhere. No, I don't think anyone was going to pick him up anyways. It's Dave McKay with Alex Parr, Justin Heichel, and Dane Hantrow. This is our Top Shelf Edition presented by Norton Superior Brewing Company. Make sure you check them out on social media and their website, nordsuperior.org. If you're inside Sault Ste. Marie, uh, they do, of course, local deliveries. If you're from outside of Sault Ste. Marie, tune in. We, of course, appreciate that, but make sure you check them out. And when you're in our region, make sure you are able to stop in there. Or if you see their product on the shelves, Make sure you purchase it. We're going to take a break, fellas. When we come back, we're going to have Justin Heichel's and Dane Hantro's topic here on the Top Shelf Edition. Don't go anywhere. The Game Sports Show and Game Entertainment Media want to give a quick stick tap to LivingSisu.com. Sisu is a Finnish word for determination, tenacity, and resiliency. LivingSisu.com wants to activate your lifestyle by offering discounts and exclusive offers from your favorite sports brands. Sign up as free at LivingSisu.com where you will earn instant offers that will help you save on sports tools, products, supplements, and so much more. Be sure to check it all out at LivingSisu.com. The Game Sports Show, powered by Jim, would love to give a belly rub to Northern Critters in Need. Northern Critters in Need is an animal foster and adoption agency located in Ignis, Ontario, with connecting stations within Thunder Bay and Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. NCIN can be found on Facebook and Instagram 
at Northern Critters in Need with a mission to rescue lost, abandoned, and abused and unwanted pets. With an aim to find forever homes for these animals, doesn't matter where you're located. If you're looking to bring a new fur baby into your life, NCIN, the reach of our rescue goes far beyond our township. The Game Sports Show is pleased to shout out a partner, additional home, and sponsor to Northern Superior Brewing Company, located on 50 Pym Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Northern Superior Brewing Company having a strong presence locally with many beers to offer. With much involvement in the community of Sault Ste. Marie, Northern has a sport and friendly-like atmosphere within its tap room, and during the summer months, it is a must to visit Pier 55 to enjoy some delicious food, amazing view of the water, and view of the Bush Pulling Museum right on the cusp of the Hub Trail, and of course, all of that down with a delicious brew from Northern Superior. Northern Superior Brewing company it's a northern thing you are listening to the game sports show powered by gem the game entertainment and media this upload is brought to you by sports center bar and grill named sault st marie ontario's best sports bar make sure to check out sports center in particular on monday and wednesdays for their 75 cent wing nights so delicious you can't beat them head on over to 624 wellington street west to watch the big game sports center bar and grill the sioux's best sports bar you can follow the Game Sports Show on Facebook and Instagram at the Game Sports Show. Welcome back to the Game Sports Show. David McKay here, continue to be joined by Dane Hantro, Justin Heichel, Alex Parr, Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. We're not going to start this edition like we started the show with asking a random question. We got another great topic here coming on our roundtable. Dane, get into our third topic that you want to bring up here tonight. Well, I'm just going to open up with, uh, we didn't really talk about it yet. You and Alex might have last week, but uh, the SBN contract and the potential of uh, Mr. Garrett coming back, which uh, I'm personally very excited for. Uh, he hasn't been around since, uh, I believe, the 2004 Stanley Cup final with uh, Calgary and Tampa. Um, he was currently, he was uh, Baltimore Orioles uh, doing play-by-play for them, but uh not doing that anymore and he's a free agent so uh, I think the hockey world would be uh, really happy to see uh, Gary Thorne come back he has a bunch of great calls I know we kind of touched base with uh, Mr. Darren McCarty about uh, Gary Thorne for a little bit during the show there and uh, I think you got pretty excited when I said that name Um, if you go on YouTube you can hear uh, some of Darren McCarty's you know most memorable goals Gary Thorne's the guy doing the uh, play-by-play so uh, but uh, yeah we'll move on Uh, trade deadline coming up in a month uh so yeah, basically a month from today. Um, so we'll basically I'll go uh, we'll go through the Canadian teams. Um, we'll just do the ones that are in playoff spots right now, and I'll kind of like start with Dave. You can do Toronto, Alex. You can do uh, Winnipeg, and then uh, Justin. You can do the Montreal Canadiens, and I suppose I can do my own team, and uh, we can just kind of see what uh, players may be available, and you know maybe what team needs are for those teams. So I'll start with you, Dave. You can uh, you can do your uh, precious Toronto Maple Leafs. What do they need? You know what? Honestly, and Dane, that was a nice Drew Brees-esque kind of execution on that play. And all the quarterback in that. It was a little too soon. He did announce his retirement today. I want to make sure that I get that out there today. Everyone's asking if we're going to be talking about that on In the Pocket Show. We might do a bonus upload. I'm not going to be certain and tell you what we are. we got to keep an eye on our uploads. You first, we said about ESPN. Of course, uh, of course, our friends with ESPN, the game sports show is on ESPN 1400. Let's just say we're very jacked that ESPN is going to be involved in the National Hockey League side in particular more now, certainly. Uh, but nonetheless, you brought up the Canadian teams. And I want to give I know Justin and Alex are really involved with the Leafs, too. So I'll kind of wind it up and state what I think with it, because I know we got different teams that you assigned us to do. So I appreciate you giving me Toronto. Uh, we, list- we can all do the how about that, Dave? Since no, you know what? No, no, I, like, I, I liked how you had it organized. I really like that. We can give little – if Alex and Justin want to give little hints or points in terms of my comment, go ahead. But I'll, I'll gladly take the least because it wasn't me that appointed it to myself. So to say about Toronto, of course, at this current time of recording, this is a team that has lost four of its last five. Uh, definitely a tough last couple a couple weekends ago, whatever, against Vancouver. And then, obviously, this past week against the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg is a very scary team. Dane, you and I have talked about that. Winnipeg is a very good team. I think I, my predictions this year, I, I know I thought maybe Toronto would play that four seed. Then you'd see Edmonton and Winnipeg go at it in that first round. And I don't think Edmonton would want that. Nor do I think Toronto would want to play uh, the Winnipeg Jets in that first round. No one wants to play the Jets, is my point. Okay, the Winnipeg Jets are a good team. So, Alex, you got a good team to talk about there in particular. But stay with Toronto. This is a team that I always complained about the defensive core, right? But the emergence of Justin Hall has been a pleasant surprise. Yes, I doubted this man. 
at the beginning of the season because of what he did the last couple of years. I didn't think – like he never really got a chance with Babcock. Last year was suspect, right? This year he just looks like a different human being. He's doing much better, which is great. It really improves the defensive side of the puck. However, I will say that Toronto did make a move moving Letton into Columbus, a minor trade bringing in another, another goaltender. Toronto basically has five goaltenders in their system, and if Freddie Anderson gets hurt, well, we may touch on this point, but it seems like Toronto's goaltending, there's a lot of depth in there. But, of course, Freddie Anderson is the guy that you want to lean on, the consistent guy that you want to lean on, which he isn't hasn't been as consistent, especially last night, uh, If we're, as we're sitting here recording, Sunday, Saturday night against the Winnipeg Jets, but again, got in some penalty trouble as well. But we're talking about the trades. And I still would like to see a bottom pair defenseman in there if they can try to make it work with the cap, okay? Their big goal is, though, is getting another top quote-unquote seven forward. It's been said on how many shows. I never knew people would refer to a top seven forward. So screw it. I'm changing it top six forward. I want it to be a top six forward that Toronto can get. Now, how do they afford this? Very good question. They already made a move with Columbus, and I think a team that they should be able to look at is either the Ducks, Columbus, or Nashville. Those are three teams that you're looking at, and trust me, Toronto's not the only team looking at those teams. I'm sure Alex might touch on the Winnipeg. Dane, you may touch on Edmonton with that. But I am really got my eye on Columbus, again, for another trade. Okay, and the reason why is as much as I would like to see Philip Forsberg in Toronto, the cap doesn't work. Because next year he has a $6 million hit unless Nashville wants to eat that up. Or Toronto's going to absorb that cap and not re-sign somebody going into next year. I don't think that's going to work. Matias Ekholm is on a very cap-friendly contract. I think it's just $3.7 million. That's very attractive to bring in to your bottom pairing. However, it might be a little bit expensive to bring in for what you're going to bring him in for. So I think another Canadian team might go after him. I'm not going to say who I think that is because I'm hoping somebody else does that when we go to them. I, so now when you look at Anaheim, Ricard Raquel, big fan. But I think if you get Ricard Raquel, despite his contract friendliness, I think it's going to be a little bit too steep of a price. I feel getting rid of Lilligren, Sandine, or Robertson is not a good decision. Toronto needs to keep prospects and develop them and grow. Okay, so when we go into off-seasons, and I mean we as in Toronto, they can let some guys walk. They're on their bottom six, free up cap space, so they continue to improve or re-sign their team. I am pro-Columbus right now if I'm Toronto. And they already made a move. Why not make another one? Where I'm looking at it is where I am a big fan is if Toronto can somehow get Max Domi in Toronto. And how can that work? Alex Kerfoot. I know Kerfoot plays special team minutes, but he, he rotates in that top six. I feel like he was supposed to be that Nazem Kadri third-line center who, oh my God, do I ever miss Nazem Kadri so much. I just want to fly out and say that. But he's not filling that role, okay? Ingvall is looking very nice with, with Hyman and Mikhaev, but I don't really think Ingvall should be that answer for that third-line center. When Simmons comes back and plays on that second-line role with Nylander and Tavares, I really feel like Domi, because he can play left wing and center, another guy that can go up and down the lineup. He's a feisty forward. And if you move Kerfoot and bring in Domi, the cap would act actually work yes you're losing term because of Kerfoot but you're bringing in an upgrade who can go up and down your lineup so that is one player I'd like to see Toronto get and another player I got my eye on if you can make the cap work somehow is David Savard he is making a good chunk of change though you would have to move Dermot you would have to move a pick but I don't know if the cap would really work on that end. So if I'm Toronto, I'm looking to add that top six, screw this top seven forward nonsense, top six forward, you can play him on that third line. And if you can bring in more depth on the fence, that would be ideal. I feel that when Campbell's healthy, Anderson and Campbell will get the job done when needed. I, I, I'm loving what Campbell's doing in Toronto. Uh, I know it's more of a long-winded answer, but I would love to really see Max Domi in Toronto. Uh, if I want to see Toronto make a trade, that is the trade I want to see and the only trade I want to see because there's a team that's right up against the cap. Domi's on the block. He's from or is quite familiar with Toronto, should I say. And he would fit in nicely with playing with Tavares or even with Matthews. He's a pest. He'll go in the corners. Imagine the fire under his ass to play in Toronto. And believe it or not, I think because of his, his performance this year, he isn't having the year that everyone presumed that he would in Columbus, okay? He has 11 points in 29 games. He's a dash 13 on the year if you want to talk about plus minus. So I think if you want to re-sign him, I think you could probably re-sign him for almost the same amount that Kerfoot's making, maybe about that 3.5. And then you're, just, you're at a forward who has a higher ceiling, 
who uh, who overall is a better player. Sorry, Kerfoot. I know that maybe this year uh, the statistics aren't really proving that, but I'm still a fan of Max Domi to come to Toronto. I just think that is a good fit. 13 points in 29 games for Kerfoot. Uh, and he, I think, like I said, he's more of a third-line guy, but he doesn't fit on that particular line with Mikhaev. Uh, and Hyman's up and down the lineup, but I really think Thornton with Matthews and Marner should, I would love to see that continue to work, but I don't know if it is overall to end my point. Domi to Toronto is the only thing I'd like to see Toronto Columbus make another deal before the conclusion of this year. Alex. Wow. I'm not going to be able to follow that up. <laughs> um, for Winnipeg, I look at them, you know, we had a nice look at them not too, too long ago now, even just hours um, and Hellebuck, holy, he played fantastic. Brassois, I think, even played real strong. Um, so maybe you can help them out on the defensive side. Their defensive core right now consists of Morrissey, DeMello, uh, Pionk, Forbert, Stanley, Pullman, and uh, Sammy Niku. I'm going to go with that. Sammy Niku. Yeah, yeah. And uh, injured right now, obviously, is Nathan Beaulieu. So I feel like maybe, you know, when you said Matias Ekholm, I feel like another really good fit for him would be Winnipeg. Because uh, I, I think their forwards are fantastic. Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, Shifley, oh. Ehlers has been unreal. Dubois just got there. you got a supporting cast of guys like Perot and Statsny. I don't really think you need to do too, too much to that front up front core. I feel like maybe adding somebody to the defensive end uh, would help them a lot, though. Wow, that's uh, do you do you not do you have a name, Par? Do you have a, a particular name? I kind of you you were my hint for Nashville, to be honest with you. I don't know. Yeah, I, I said Ekholm. I feel like this would yeah. be another really good place for him or Savard. I mean, it's just so hard for teams to make trades right now. Their projected cap hit eighty three million. They have used two point four in LTIR. They don't. I mean. I don't know. They're they're already two hundred grand over right now, according to Cap Friendly. So it's not like they just have guys that they can. Oh yeah, come on in. They don't have the space to do that. So if anybody, like you said, Alcom's a real friendly deal, but um, I'm not an NHL general manager, so maybe they're thinking of something I'm not. So you brought up you brought up good points about adding to that D, and I know they'd say that on the uh, when you look at their forwards part, you have Lowry, Cop, and Appleton on that third line. They manhandled Toronto. Okay, that line is a force. Lowry is another guy to go up and down that lineup. Winnipeg par, you got to agree. They're a scary fucking team. Very scary. team. If, uh, if anyone's gonna, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say anything. As soon as I started, as soon as I started enjoying the Leafs, they, they ruin it. So, uh, I was going to say, yeah, they're probably the only real threat to, to beat out the Leafs for number one. But like, I don't know. Edmonton could do it. I wouldn't even be surprised if Vancouver overcame and beat the Leafs out. This is what I get for believing in them for a little bit. It's just pure misery. Like, like I'm used to, uh, Justin, you're up next, my friend. I think Dane passed over Calgary or Vancouver to you. You can pick another one if you want. Go nuts. I, I, believe, I, I believe I got the Habs. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The Habs. Yep. Um, I really, I think to start, they got to figure out their goaltending. <laughs> I don't, I don't, that's it's an honest, just I mean, that's not a chirp. That's not anything. I mean, yeah, if we've learned over time is that if you're not solid from the net out, then everything else doesn't really matter. And you know, Montreal's had a long time where they've just had Carey Price that you know was elite Carey Price, and then he was like really good Carey Price. And then he was still pretty good, Carey Price. And now he's Martin Jones. So I, I kind of feel bad for Montreal fans in a sense because like, it seems like the scoring is there. Defensively, they're really not that bad. I think they've got some really good young guys there. Um, you know, Shea Weber's playing pretty good this year. Um, you know, Joel Edmondson's been a statistical beauty, at least from fantasy hockey standpoint this year for Montreal. Uh, some secondary scoring for them would be nice, but if if the goaltending is not going to sort itself out, then why are you going to make any other trades? Um, I, with the with the new goaltending coach, I kind of we'll see where it goes, but I think he just cleared quarantine over the weekend. So, see, here's the here's the thing that I'll say about with Carey Price is prime of his career being wasted, but they're not. That's a tough move to make. If there was one team that would love Carey Price, and I think Dane will agree to this as we kind of transition over there, is Colorado. I really feel like Montreal and Colorado love making trades with goaltenders. 
Wall, Theodore, list goes on. I just feel like that would make sense. And Price being the situation that he's in, he hasn't been that elite goaltender that we're used to seeing for the past couple of years. Or am I crazy for saying that? Maybe I'm crazy for saying that. But Justin, you bring up a good point. They need – they just relieve their coach. They're making moves that way in the office side. They've always seemed to go through a different coach. You know, you Terry and Julian, you know, they bring on the new guy. Maybe, maybe this guy will be gone next year. But, again, you have a team that needs to kind of figure out what they're going to do. But they have kind of the right tools there. But they also have some heavy contracts with Weber being one of them, Price. And I think if you can move out Price, I don't think it's a bad idea. Dane, over to you. I know you're going to talk about the Oilers. And other notes before we go to Justin for our final topic. I know Parr's on limited time here tonight, but so he might have to go in between topics. But nonetheless, Dane, go ahead. Well, for my Oilers, I think uh, a lot of fans would agree that uh, the homecoming of uh, Jake DeBrusque would be uh, nice to see. Um, obviously, we are very tight up against the cap, and uh, as Ken Holland said, it's gonna if we're gonna be making a trade, it's gonna be money out and money in. So, um, obviously, I think our options for money out would probably be Chris Russell. And, you know, I hate to say it, but even Zach Cassian. Um, I think defensively, um, with this Lagason kid coming in, um, he's been unreal for us. Um, he's just a steady body, makes really good plays along the boards. Not going to score a bunch of goals, but, I, like, I think he's an upgrade over Chris Russell. So, that's some money we can move out. Um, Edmonton has a plethora of prospects right now. I, I would argue to say that we have one of the deepest prospect pools in the league. Um, though this year we uh, don't have a whole lot of draft picks because we traded all of them for AA and Ennis last year. So, um, yeah, Jake DeBrusque would be somebody that I would want. Um, Ricard Raquel is obviously a really sexy player that might be out on the market. I think what Edmonton needs is... You know, top six forward, you know, we can, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, the depth, you know, can't really put the puck in the net on a consistent basis. I think if we could get a really, you know, another decent top six forward, I mean, that's really going to give you two solid lines that should, you know, be producing. And then you could even put Nuge back to the middle on the third line and, you know, have three really good depth lines. So um, I think a top six forward really gives Edmonton a lot of options. Those would be the two guys that I would target. I don't know, you know, Ken Holland's going to have to work some magic when it comes, you know, to the money. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, obviously watching Jake DeBrusque and having Willie uh, DeBrusque, you know, do uh, color while his son's playing for Oilers fans would be, you know, really great to see. Um, so, yeah, they're just uh, – Jake DeBrusque has got uh, healthy scratch a couple games in Boston. He's not really statistically doing that great. The price is right, but, you know, again, he comes with a, a decent price tag as far as uh, the cap comes. I think he's, you know, around $3.5 per season. And so we'll see what happens. I mean, it, it will be interesting. Um, I Maybe we don't see anything at all, really, right? we got to kind of figure out with, you know, the Canadian government on how that quarantine is going to work. If you're going to be, you really don't want to trade players off your roster for other players if they have to quarantine, right? Like, that's just going to hurt you if, if you're going to, you know, the player you traded for has to miss, you know, five or six games. And with the condensed schedule, potentially even more than that in a two-week span. So, yeah, it'll be, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the trade li- deadline, but I mean, I'm, always, I'm at the same time not overly optimistic it's going to be, you know, that crazy. And I think we've seen in the past couple of years, the trade deadlines, you know, it's been lackluster it's it's it hasn't been you know you don't get the 80 trades in the day and see all these big names you know moving around like we used to so uh but yeah as the oilers i think you know this year and with all you know the younger guys coming up you know with bouchard and and you know jones and bear you know having their sophomore seasons and 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 tyson barry coming in and, and you know i i don't know what happened in toronto but he looks like a different different man on, out on the ice his confidence is, is crazy so i would look at a top six forward for edmonton if they can get it done and if not i mean we have so much depth in the bottom six it seems like we have a new fourth line every night so i really don't even i, I can't even see like you know getting a bottom six forward would really help us so if we can't get anything in the top six um i we're jam-packed on d I, I would say maybe just kind of hold on to your cards and, and kind of see where it goes from there. But you know how it is, boys. Every year it takes that one team to make that big move, and 
then it's a fire sale for all teams. So uh, just got to wait. Just got to wait. But, uh, yeah, that's my take on my boys. Now, that is the trade deadline for more of the North Division. Anyone who wants to chime in for topics about more Canadian teams, obviously it extends for time. We'll do more of a full trade deadline uh, kind of recap as the year goes on. Different year with everything that's going on. And I bet you a lot of more active trades from the Canadian side is going to come sooner rather than later. Uh, particularly if you're looking at Toronto because of their schedule is not as busy as what it is. So everyone's got to be more kind of uh, proactive with trades uh, in accordance to their schedule. But nonetheless... Leave your comments below about what you feel about the trade deadline. Now, before we go to Justin Heichel's, um, com, uh, Justin Heichel's uh, topic, sorry, uh, I'm going to sign off Alex Parr here, actually, fellas. I know he has to go at around 7 o'clock here right now. So before we get into a topic, because we do transition to it, so Alex will not have the uh, fortune to be able to chime in on Justin's topic and towards our conclusion here. But I want to say, Alex, uh, thanks for coming on, my friend, taking the time, and have a good night, my friend. Hopefully I didn't piss off too many Winnipeg Jets fans before I did this. <laughs> I'm sure Paul Maurice won't call and give us too much shit. I think you're good. Okay. As long as he's not too, too mad. I don't want to upset Polly. <laughs> Nonetheless, Parr, thanks for the time, my friend. And I want to make sure I'm mindless of the Parr is the king of the videos that have been released on all of our social media pages and uh, towards our updated website being launched projectedly this week. Uh, he is the guy that you want to give a shout out to if you're saying, who did this site? Don't give me the credit. It is this man right here. Parr, have a good night, my friend. Hey, you two guys. Good luck with the rest of the show. That was Alex Parr. You signing off. He had to go a little bit earlier tonight. Now, Justin. I'm going to go over to you. It's going to be myself and Dane uh, answering your topic, of course. So go ahead, my friend. I mean, <clears throat> I'm going to go a little off the board here for one second. I've got some, like, breaking news. Okay. Uh, I got a notification from the Sue 24-hour auction group on my phone. Uh, someone has listed a entire 1990s Pog collection, 531 Pogs, and 24 Slammers, plus binder and pog tournament board for $150 starting bid mint condition those are worth a lot more i think so if, if any i i don't know but if anyone is looking to throw down in a pog tournament <laughs> i i, I will, will say justin that pogs is a little before my generation i would say i don't know i i, I didn't know dave when we were really really young but I know when I was a kid, Crazy Bones. Um, I was going to say, were you, the, you were the Crazy Bones guys, eh? Yes, we were uh, Crazy Bones. Crazy Bones guy. I had the My pogs. sisters talk about Pogs, though. I know what those are. I know well, what they I mean, are, but I never like. I never owned it. I maybe owned a couple, but was never really into it. Then for the reasonable price of $150, you could own 531 Pogs. Are you bidding? And, and no, I'm... I, I just, I don't understand why I even got a notification for this, but it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I, any, anyways, back, back on topic here and out of the nostalgia. But um, I, I'm going to try and stir the pot a little bit on this one. So I'm going to read a, uh, a tweet here from Sportsnet Stats. Uh, so, so far this season, the Leafs have scored 99 goals and allowed 75. Ugh. So, where I'm going to go with this one, um, do the Leafs seem to play better when Anderson's not in net, or is it just me? Oh, you're bringing up the goalie controversy. Here we go. Is that, is that where you're going? Say it. That's where you're going. I don't even know if it's a controversy, though. Like, I just, like, I, I guess I'm looking for, like, observation, validation, maybe, am I crazy? Because they... We all know you're crazy. We all know we, we all are crazy. Like you see, they play with Campbell. Like you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying Hutchinson's the goalie of the future. Hell no. Don't get no. Don't get me wrong there, but like sometimes, like we've seen limited action from Jack Campbell so far this season, given the injuries and everything else. Fucking Kachuk. But like, I don't know, man. When the team seems totally different when he's in net, like they're just they're playing on a different level. Like you know, like they're playing on like. Anderson's in net and you got the volume on nine, but Campbell's in net and they got it on like 10 plus. Like they've turned the volume past the dot. And that's, it's the most, I, I don't know. I just, it, it's frustrating to me, but as a fan, is it, does the team just expect more from Anderson? Like, well, he should make these saves. 
Or, you know, is there, I don't know, is there more there? Am I overanalyzing this? Am Dane, I looking to find a problem? Dane, you can go first. Well, I mean, after watching that Oilers Leaf series, I mean, it looked like they played good in front of every goalie. <laughs> Goddamn near, well, uh, three perfect games in a row, so. For uh, all three of them, uh, except I, 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 got, I try to catch as many Leafs games as I can. Like, you know, I've probably seen half of them this year, and. I think, like, one thing I will say is, um, obviously, I think, you know, when you have a little bit of a goaltending carousel, not that it's an issue, it's just been injuries with the Leafs, you know, when you have guys that come in that are your backup goalies, you, you know, you, you, I think you probably, you, you probably wake up a little bit more ready to go because you want to kind of help that guy out. You know, you might make that extra block because, you, and I think, yeah, maybe subconsciously, you know, in the back of the head, and, you know, they're professional athletes. I don't think they really mean to do it, but it's like, yeah, you're a little bit more comfortable out when Freddie's in net, and I think in the sense that they're a little bit more comfortable offensively that, you know, maybe Willie or Marner, you know, make that extra, you know, thread pass through, you know, the neutral zone, and, you know, sometimes it gets picked off and sometimes it doesn't, you know, and, 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 and you know what, they're offensive guys and more likely it works, but, you know, maybe they don't make that kind of pass, you know, when uh, Campbell or Hutcher and that just because they are the backup goalies. So you're going to play a little bit more of a defensive minded game because, you know, you're obviously your starter, you're like, yeah, they're going to get, you know, a couple more of those bigger saves and, you know, play your offensive game. You have more trust in that goalie. So um, I, I think you guys probably have a little bit more better judge of character on on kind of what's going on with that but um like i said i think that kind of i think every team does that to a certain extent right like i mean if you have marty broder in that i mean i'm probably going to be you know being a little bit more offensively orientated just because you know you're like god that guy's gonna stop everything so um when your backups are in that you know, you're like I said, I've said it. Yeah, I've said it five times already. So, yeah, you, you guys got my point. I got it loud and clear. But you did. I love I love the reassurance on it because it allows me to be very brief with my answers, which I'm very rare about. Because, Justin, I'm going to give you the floor on this a little bit. Uh, then, of course, when we're done these topics. We're going to transition to me giving it a little recap with local before we conclude the show. Listen, I'll flat out say this. Hutchinson, his uh, play has been good this year. His off game that I saw was against Vancouver about a week or week or so ago. That is where the Hutchinson came out that had habits of the old Hutchinson, if you will, but there's a guy who's playing a bit more confidence now. And we're not going to talk about Sunday night games because that relevance of content, we're not going to do that. We all know Hutchinson's getting the start against the Ottawa Senators, uh, that being Sunday, and that's starting shortly here from our end. And by the time this upload happens tonight or going into tomorrow morning, the game will already be completed. So we'll see how that performance goes. But Hutchinson has been That's a great a relief. Hutchinson, he's been a great relief for Campbell, who has been hurt, who hasn't been able to catch a break. Right? He got hurt in Calgary. Uh, the knee, the 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 I'm sure the head smashed by Kachuk didn't happen too much or didn't uh, help too much either, falling on top of him, etc. Then playing against the Oilers, right? He had a little bump when he was playing out the play, and it reaggravated it, right? So. There's a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy, but he's been able to focus on his health because Hutchinson's been able to come in and assist. Anderson, too. He was able to take another couple games off because of Hutchinson's performance, as well as Campbell when he came in against the Oilers. But again, now that depth is – Campbell hopefully is healthy because if Anderson does get hurt, you have Campbell. But Hutchinson's not a guy you want to ride into the playoffs with. Now, I know Colorado fans might disagree with that, but that's totally fine. Hutchinson is a great goalie for what he's doing for right now for Toronto. He's done what he needs to do. He's done more than what he needs to do for being the third goalie of Toronto. Campbell and Anderson. Anderson is still the number one guy. Everyone can chirp Anderson about his inconsistency, not getting past the first round, or whatever they want to about Freddie. I yell at Freddie on the television all the time. I yell at Freddie. I yell at John Tavares. I I. I, I, I'm a big criticizer when, when I watch Toronto, and Dane can attest to that. Okay, but deep down, everyone on Toronto, the only person that I don't like on Toronto as a player is Martin Marinson, <laughs> and the guy's not playing games. Overall, Freddie is, my whole point of saying that is, Freddie is the guy in Toronto. Yes, to answer Justin's question, though, so I don't get off topic, do they play better when Campbell or, or, or I almost said Marinson in that wow in my head, Campbell or Hutchinson in that? Yes. 
They play better defensively when those guys are in net. When Freddie's in net, it seems like it's a little bit, let's say, they let them have the shot. I'm going to give you an example. This is men's league comparison to the National Hockey League, or so let's really take this with a great assault. There was a guy who I had played on my men's league team that's one of the best goalies in town here, in my opinion, in Sault Ste. Marie. I currently play men's league. We have a very good goalie as well. Dane knows who he is. Was your goalie for the Dunn, actually, Dane, off topic. But there's goalies where you have as your goalies, and you let the defensemen in men's league wind up and shoot. You got a guy like Jordan Smith, former guest of our special edition show, former second-round pick of the Ducks, wind up and take a shot. You're going to trust them to take a, to make the save. You have a different guy come in, and I know we had a couple call-ups on our team, per se, and I'm not going to speak out names. There's some that are great, but some that are last-minute call-ups. And you're going to kind of go into that shot a bit more to let that shot not go through, not because you don't trust them, just because you're going to try to help them out. Dane tested that. That's why I'm really going off Dane's point here a lot. Okay, my whole overall point of it is, is that they play better with Hutch and Campbell in that, but Campbell is more comfortable than Hutch is. He's better than Hutch is. And he's making a great argument for a guy that can come in to play if Anderson decides to walk. We hopefully, as a Leaf fan, I don't hope he does. Anderson's the guy. Let's believe in Anderson. If you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, he will bounce back this year. If something happens drastic where he's not consistent the right time, then he'll be signing his own certificate out of Toronto. But to answer your question, summary, Justin, yes, they play better with the other two in comparison to Andy's and Net. I'll go to you to wrap up the point. I mean, I guess I was just looking for validation that I wasn't crazy for the most part. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, and, well, there's, I, there's logical points all around. You're crazy. And, and uh, I mean, I, I think I'm maybe just panicking a little bit in this uh, bit of a slump we've had this week. You know, that's totally fine, though, as the Leafs, adversity needs to occur. And I'm, if you're a Leaf fan, it's good that it's happening now. But it is getting real tight. In that top three of that. Well, I, having a slump, then you're still in first place, so I wouldn't complain too much about it. Like you still have a healthy lead, so I mean we're not a crazy healthy lead, but you got you know, points in a game in hand or something like that on the Jets at least. Nothing is ever safe. Oh no, I I, I mean I think it's going to come right down to the wire. Uh, I I mean we'll see how the Oilers do. I maybe they can hang around the top for a bit there too, but. I think uh, I, I even think like Montreal, I, I, anybody can finish first right now at this point. And Calgary's getting hot right now, 2-0 with Sutter. So who knows? That, that's the whole point this year. You play divisional teams all the time. The standings can just shift. Now, fellas, quick little blurb here. As myself and Scott and Ace are going to dive into this more. And Scott, in particular, on the ESPN 1400 edition. And I must remind everyone on our local editions here on in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, uh, you're on Top Shelf in particular. We always talk with all the local teams. We get into a full news recap of everything. But on my end here, and based on the time constraints that we currently have, just going to remind everyone of a quick blurb. NLJHL, the Thunderbirds and the Beavers played this past week, uh, past week, uh, Sunday. This would be today that they actually played. They won 8-4. to four. That would be the Thunderbirds over the Beavers. And then, of course, Cochran played against Timmins. And Cochran won 4-2 to here today, that being on Sunday, March the 14th. There are games going into the week. That is Tuesday, Cochran Timmins will play at 8.30, and the Thunderbirds and Beavers will play at 7 o'clock. That is in Sault Ste. Marie, Thursday the 18th. They all do play this weekend, spouting out between Friday and Saturday as they continue on. You can check out the schedules with the Thunderbirds on their social media pages, and also we'll be there to wrap to recap on this show and of course through our ESPN edition as well as local hockey continues here for the side of the Thunderbirds, Beavers, Cochrane and Timmins if you're looking outside of the Algoma region. And of course the WHL and the QMJHL are all in action on those website and as they all get going everything is optimistic as they hope to have the, uh, the back to play progress but it's not as far advanced as it is with the WHL and QMJHL. Obviously, it is looking a little bit more dim with the Ontario Hockey League, but we do anticipate some more news coming this upcoming week. Going towards the NCAA route, both the Lakers, the semifinals for the uh, is where the Lakers will be advanced to the WCHA after sweep over Alabama and Huntsville with a 4-1 to victory on March the 13th. 
Lake Spears State University looking very strong this year. A lot of optimism with this team. A lot of excitement coming from this team as they continue on this upcoming year. You can check out their schedule at the LSSULakers.com and keep it out locked here on the Game Sports Show, in particular on our USA side with their ESPN 1400 and with Matt Pocket's show, the Laker Hockey Show that we have on our website, the Game Sports Show. Com. That has been the hashtag gem local recap by yours truly, David McKay. And as I mentioned, as seasons are more back to normality, we will be on scene covering more and, of course, being in more reaction. But due to time, time constraints, we are going to wrap up our show here tonight, fellas. Justin, Dane, Dan, going to you first, my friend. Thanks for taking the time and great topic with the trade deadline and just overall being here to record the show tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me once again. Uh, I just have a correction that I called Louis DeBrusque Willie DeBrusque earlier in the show, which is uh, embarrassing and disrespectful at the same time. So I apologize to the best color commentator in the NHL, Louis. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, boys, let's uh, let's maybe get together this weekend and watch that uh, Snyder Cup movie. So down for that. So down for that. The Jam Studios will be at our. Sorry, head up to the uh, the far north. So uh, that would be uh, that would be nice. That Justin, my friend, that plan sounds great. And for you taking the time, appreciate it as always. Yeah, it was good. Uh, good being here, fellas. I'm uh, also definitely down to uh, watch that movie next week. <laughs> four. Um, boys, four. Well, we got we got to set aside a couple a couple hours and um, some get, get a couple pizzas and some snacks, but uh, we'll get her done. Yes, we will. That's going to be, as everyone else looking forward to the Snyder Cut, comment below if you are. But nonetheless, went a little bit extra here today than we predicted. We jumped into a lot of news on the hockey front, especially on the professional side. Great conversation. And we plan to have another upload later on this week. This has been the Top Shelf Edition presented by North Superior Brewing Company. Make sure to follow them on social media. And, of course, check out their website. As I've been sitting here having a couple of these delicious beers for Northern Superior Brewing Company. This North, this Pale Ale, the 17 North is great. The 55, the regular lager, the red maple we have here. Oh, they, they take care of us here on the Game Sports Show, of course, with the beverage side for our recordings. Now, nonetheless, as I said, getting to our conclusion here, Dave McKay, thanks again to Dane, to Justin, and to Alex, and to you, the listeners. Make sure to hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the platforms. Search us on Google. Go on our website. It puts you all to the platforms that we are on with the game sports show powered by the game entertainment and media. And we remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, join your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.